Hello and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Juego. Are you hoping to calm your mind? Relax your body? Or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, Dr. Andrew Michaels shares a story you may find difficult to believe, but always remember, the world is a strange place. You never know what you may find hidden in the data, lurking around the next corner, or slipping past the edge of the telescope. following me 
and he would stay at a distance, so it was hard to describe him. It was hard to give a description, though women were very intelligent, and the ladies would write down all the details they could on him. He was never discovered. He was not a homeowner or somebody that lived nearby, but he was always there. So how did he make this possible? Was he walking down there from a home close by? Was he getting dropped off? Was his car out in the parking lot? So, some ladies decided to make an effort to find out who or what the identity of this man truly was. So, they would go down on specific days and walk. And if they saw him, when they left the trail, they would write down all the descriptions of all the cars in the parking lot and their license plates to see if there was a match. Like, okay, we didn't see him on these days. We didn't see him on odd number days like Tuesdays and Thursdays, but we saw him on Mondays and Wednesdays mostly. Was there a correlation between the sightings of him and the car descriptions and the license plates? That would narrow it down. Was he somebody parking in the parking lot and taking on the trail? Or was he somebody that lived nearby? There, Therefore, the actual cars in the parking lot wouldn't match because he would never drive down and park there. It was a good idea, but it didn't really give any results. After about a month or two of doing this, there was no correlation. There was no connection where, okay, we saw him here, and this specific car and license plate was always there that day. No. And nobody ever saw him exit the, the walking trail. Some ladies did that. They would stay until near the end of the evening to see who came out. And he never seemed to come out. He was always in the trail. So this led people to believe that he was, in fact, someone who lived nearby and he, someone who walked down to the trail and spied on the ladies that way. He must have known they were trying to figure out who he was because one assertive young lady with a very large dog decided to be a little more proactive with her approach towards this man when he would come out from behind the trees and follow her. She would turn right around and go right at him with the dog, letting him know she was not only ready to defend herself, but she had a dog that was trained to handle the situation. And he was definitely outnumbered and outgunned. This escalated things just a tiny bit. The man started using a walking stick. This was a new thing, and everybody was reporting it. He went from just peeking behind trees all in black to now walking with a large stick, sometimes a sharpened point on the stick 
which led them to believe that he had a knife and he was whittling the point down on the stick and he was using it in case maybe somebody did attack him with a dog. Who knows? But it was an escalation and a form of intimidation. You approach me with your dog. <laughs> I've got a nice big sharpened stick to give him something to think about. And if the man was now carrying a knife, that made him even more dangerous. And why was he being so confrontational? Why was he always trying to avoid the women? Yet, when they would approach him, you know, he would go away, but then he would follow them from a distance. He was playing these cat and mouse games, and it was so unnerving. But he must have known that he was bothering them, that he was getting to them, that his forms of intimidation were working, because he decided to escalate things even further. His next escalation was he started to paint on the trees. Ladies would be walking down the path and notice and point out to others, look, on that tree, there's a smiley face. Somebody had painted it on the tree. Further down the way, there would be another tree that would have written in chalk, I see you. Further down, I still see you. I'm still here. And the women would get more and more unnerved. It was like the old Burma shave ads that you would see alongside the roadside. And they would have one word or two as you progressed and tell a little riddle or a story and then give away the ad. What was his intention? I see you. Still here. And these unnerving, rattling messages, these faces on these trees, these disturbing, not quite smiling faces on trees that were painted and written with chalk and carving marks into trees all over, sharpened branches laying along the path. What was his intention? It was an escalation of the intimidation. And many women, many, many women, and men too, let's not leave the men out of this, stopped traveling the path because they felt, look, it's just not safe. There's something going on here. It's unnerving, and it rattles me a little bit. And you know what? I'm not here for this. I'm not here for this drama and these baby games and this high school drama crap. When I'm out after a long day of work, you know, or taking care of my kids, you know, taking care of my home life, I'm out here to smell the smells of nature, the leaves, and hear birds play and hear squirrels chirping and running around and, you know, gathering nuts for the winter. And I want to see all of the sights and sounds of 
springtime and fall and just enjoy a nice summer day. I'm not down here to have somebody acting like a goonie following me around trying to spook me and being a weirdo. And I know calling this man a weirdo is probably not a nice term of endearment, but I think I'm being kind because he's definitely in the creeper category, all in black, hiding what you really look like, following people along the path, carrying around a sharpened stick. When people try to get too close to you, you go back off into the path, into the woods. They don't know where you went. They don't know if you're hiding. They don't know if you're crouched down waiting to jump out at them. And if that gets you excited, that's what gets you off. That's fine. But do it somewhere else, dude, because we're here to enjoy nature. So traffic on the path really went down. And even though park rangers supposedly investigated all the goings-on, no evidence of this person's identity or nobody ever really got down to who he was. Nobody ever tried to follow him back to his home. There was never a situation where the park rangers really followed through. They went down, they looked around, didn't see anything. And that was the end of it. Story was just filed as another complaint about a quote unquote weirdo on a path unnerving people. He never did anything, supposedly. So he didn't really commit a crime. So we're not going to waste a lot of resources on a guy who might just be teasing and scaring people. Or a half-baked peeping Tom who thinks he's hilarious out on a nature trail. Well, as all of these things do, another escalation occurred. Now, this one was very frightening. Now, a good friend of mine was walking down the trail. She was a very attractive young lady with long, long blonde hair. Her hair went all the way down to her waist. And it was very fine, angel-like hair. It was very straight. And she always complained she could literally do nothing with her hair. And she loved to walk. And she would walk down these nature trails and especially around, like, running water. She enjoyed walking around um, little brooks and streams and stuff and finding little waterfalls in the woods. And one of the big things she used to do was she used to use her Bluetooth and talk to her friends and family while she was doing her walks. And this helped her count her steps and pass the time and really get some good, you know, energy going with nature. And then she used the time wisely to either, you know, listen to a podcast or talk to a friend or catch up with her family and children. So it was a really wise and smart use of her time. And of course, no one would fault a lady using her time so wisely and getting good exercise, getting healthy, and she needed it. She needed the exercise for her health regimen. 
and it was very important for her to get her walks in. Like I said, she normally walked down, you know, a babbling brook or a stream or down by around a lake. She just enjoyed, like, possibly seeing waterfowl and, you know, the the running water and just the scenery changes. But this was starting to get into fall, and, uh, you know, it was kind of cold. So she decided to go away from the water's edge and walk down this local um, walking trail. And she parked her car, there were a few there, and she started walking down this path. She's a very observant young lady, and she noticed right away there was some strange signs on the trail. I see you. This was kind of rubbed out. People didn't like it, and some people stopped and tried to get rid of it, but you could still see it. And it was like, why are people graffitiing back here? This is kind of weird. So, here's the fun part. This friend happened to be on the phone with this friend of hers from work. And they were going over a case that they were working on. And it was very important. So she was highly distracted and uh, not really paying attention to her surroundings as well as she normally would. And not to take work home, but she wanted to get her steps in and she was walking down the path and she was trying to discuss this case with a colleague when she noticed another sign on the tree. And now this snapped her back to reality and she mentioned it to her friend. She said, someone wrote, still here on a tree. Now what is this? And of course the friend on the phone said, wait, there's, I see you still here. I see you. What is this? Are you in a safe place? And she assured me it was a safe neighborhood, a very you know, well-groomed trail, very nice, very well kept up, very well monitored. And there were a couple people, you know, further down the trail and further behind her. So she felt comfortable. She says, there's a couple with a dog in front of me, quite a distance ahead. And there's a lady behind me. Okay. So, it sounds like it's safe, but uh, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. And, of course, I just gave it away. The friend she was talking to on her phone was Dr. Andrew Michaels. And you may not know this about me, but I'm slightly protective some would say a little overprotective of my family and friends. Just the fact that there was disturbing writing on trees on a walking trail. Not graffiti. This is not somebody being a, you know, a kid drawing his initials. This is, I see you still here. You know, um, okay, keep your eyes open. She walked along. She told me to quit worrying. She was not worried. The people in front of her with the dog turned around and were coming towards her now. And she decided to keep them between whatever and the end of the trail. So she turned around and walked back. This was going to allow her to pass the woman who was further behind her, who was alone too. 
Just when she turned around, she did not see the woman on the trail anymore. Did the woman turn around and just leave? Whatever? Hmm? I don't know. She walked further down and she heard some rustling in the bushes and she was a little frightened. She told me what was going on. She was very scared. By this point, the couple with the dog had almost caught up to her because she had stopped. She was stopping and she was trying to figure out what was all this noise and racket in the bushes. Suddenly, a young woman, the woman she had seen previously, darted from the bushes, screaming and running. She looked like her clothes were torn. Her hair was a mess. She had scratches on her face. She had definitely been running through the brush. And she had a handcuff on one arm. She ran right out, saw my friend, and ran directly to her. She was going to run out like the exit, but when she saw my friend, she ran straight to her and screamed, Call the police. Call the police. I've been attacked by a creeper. Or something. I'm just using that word. The man who attacked her was running. She could see him further in the woods, all in black, running away. This was a most shocking thing. I was on the phone with a friend. Oh my goodness. Where's your location? I'll call 911. She had to hang up. She had to call 911. So click, the phone goes dead. Before she even gives me, she goes, I'll call you right back. She hung up. Shock, dismay, fear grips me immediately. Now this is the part of the story that is the most frightening part at least from my perspective. Of course, she is in horrific fear. A strange man just attacked a woman. She has a handcuff on her wrist. She runs up to you. She's got scratch marks all over her from running through brush and briars on the edge of the trail. Somehow she broke loose from this man. He's running in an opposite direction. And these people come up with a dog And they're like all trying to call the police at the same time. I know none of this. So there's four people together. Relatively, in most situations, that would be a relatively safe situation. In my mind, my mind is racing. Is she calling the police? Will the police be able to get her location? Will they be able to locate where they're at? Does she know the exact address of the place? I call the police myself and get in my car and begin to head down to this area. This isn't going to go down the way it's gone in the past. We eventually meet up in the parking lot. There are park rangers, police, EMS, respond, and an ambulance. The lady is relatively okay. Now, when I say relatively okay... A woman, or anybody else for that matter, but especially a woman being attacked and possibly abducted by a man, handcuffed, drugged through the woods, is a life-altering proposition and experience. And you can't say enough about how horrendous this would be for anyone. But luckily, 
she wrestled and fought and fought all the way through the woods. That was all the crashing, banging, slamming of branches that my friend had heard. That's what got her to stop and just listen and observe. And she couldn't figure out what was going on. Here he had grabbed her around the neck with one arm and tried to grab her arm and put a handcuff on her. She struggled mightily. He drug her into the woods, further and further away from the path. She couldn't quite scream because he had her hand around her neck and, you know, his arm and hand around her neck and mouth. And he was trying to choke her, hold her hand down, and she was trying to fight loose. And eventually, he got the handcuff on one hand. This terrorized the woman beyond anything she had ever experienced. She was so close to being abducted. She kicked, fought, scratched, and eventually ripped loose from this man. When she turned, he grabbed her, his hands on both shoulders. And it was the wrong move because her hands were loose. And she swung the arm with her hand with the handcuff on and she ripped the cloth mask off of his face and the handcuff cuffed him on the side of the face and cut him above the eye. She saw his face. He was a white male, a young man in his 20s. And she cuffed him hard enough that he let go and grabbed his face and tried to pick up the mask and you know readjust it on his face. And when he did that, it gave her just enough of a chance to get distance between her and him, and she ran back towards the trail. And he took off. Now, this struggle took on, took quite a while. He was not a very big man, and she was a very strong, athletic woman. She was able to fight back just enough, and he just was not, I don't know, didn't plan it out properly that she was able to get loose from him and get back to the trail and get rescued. When I arrived, the park rangers had already scanned the trail and said, you know, he's not there, he ran away, we don't know where he went. And I was like, this isn't good enough. We've got to bring in a dog. We've got to go up there and get a scent, and we've got to follow him back. And the police agreed. We brought in a dog, and I showed them my credentials. And though I was not proper law enforcement, I asked if I could help them in the pursuit, only the pursuit, and that I would help with my resources to find out what happened. I called in some favors and got some local hunters that I knew had hound dogs, and they had been used in searches by my team before. They would be several hours away, so we would have to rely on a police dog. But in the meantime, I gave them my GPS locator so they could meet me wherever we ended up. And we started traveling up into the path where the abduction had happened. And we started to get a scent, and the dog started to go out. And it basically followed the trail and the path that my friend said that he went out of the out through the woods now these are very thick woods lots of old blueberries and orchards and you know nasty growth everywhere very scary gothic looking twisted twisted branches everywhere 
So it's not easy to navigate. And it's really hard to stay on your path. But I'll tell you something. A dog is better than a compass. That dog knew that that person can't travel through all that. He's got to go on a path that he can run. And that dog keeps picking up that scent. And that dog keeps going right through. And as long as we stayed single file behind that dog, we found that we were on a very carefully cut path that took us right through all those blackberries, all those brambles, all those stickers and stingers and thorn bushes. And it just kind of weaved right through until we exited the woods. And then we went through a couple of um, cornfields and soybean fields, which is typical in Ohio. And then there we went, almost a straight line to a neighborhood. And that dog led us right up to a house in this neighborhood. Now, once we got there, they called for support. Now, by then, my friends had showed up. They were two hunters, and they came with their hound dogs. And, of course, hound dogs are not the quietest animals in the world. You can hear one of them barking now, (laughs) right on cue. And they were making such a racket. They just wanted to be heard, and they wanted to get out and play. Their job is to hunt. So we made a little bit of a commotion. There's two park rangers, a guy in a suit, I look like a police detective, and two cops and a police dog standing near this guy's house. The dog is telling us, he's right there, he's right there. And of course, now we have a truck with, you know, a cage on the back to keep the dogs in, and two hound dogs jumping up and down and winding the police dog up. (laughs) It didn't take long before we had drawn attention to ourselves to make no other way of saying it. And we just got the name, the address of who lived there, and the police started calling the house. And squad cars soon arrived, and we realized through police contact that with the homeowner that we were now in a standoff. The person was expecting us. There was nothing we could do. And they said, and that person inside was saying, if you try to enter, he would open fire on the police and his neighbors. So the police had no other choice than to bring in a tactical SWAT team and try to remove the person and negotiate his surrender. Now, fortunately, this is the part of the story where I had an opportunity to help. Because I had been trained as a negotiator, and I have the credentials for it, I was able to help the police talk to the man and realize that he was not actually armed that he was not, in fact, going to be able to fire on the police, that he was frightened, he was scared, and he he knew he was caught. And we eventually got him to come out the front door 
very anticlimactically, you might think. And kneeled down, and then he was captured by the SWAT team and arrested with no violence, no resistance. Now, with this being said, a search warrant was gathered, and we entered the man's home. And that, I will tell you, is a story that I do not want to share with you. Upon entering the home, sadly, this man had been following women, chasing women, escalating things with women, hurting women for a very, very long time. He knew when he looked out the window and saw the police dog, he knew it was over. And he just surrendered to it. After a brief standoff, after a brief bout of trying to negotiate his position, he surrendered because he knew he was never going to get away with what was in that house. There was no way to hide what he had done. And I think to myself, my friend was just a few steps away from being that lady. And my friend, even though she's strong and tough and a trained agent in my department, she's such a small height. Would she have been able to defend and fight off this man? Or would she just have been another one of his many victims that would never ever get reported again? And why did he choose to do this? And why did he choose to go down this path? These things enter your mind when you see the horrific contents of this man's home. And you think, this is this, this can't be real. There's got to be an ex explanation for it. There's got to be some reason. And you've got to snap yourself back to reality. And you've got to realize that the only thing that keeps us safe in this world is our wits and keeping an eye on the, your position in the world. You have to be situationally aware of where you are at all times. And you have to see and recognize dangers and be cautious and protect yourself and take precautions when necessary. My friend did not go too far down the path, turned around and kept people between her and the, the uh, entrance of the trail. She cut her walk short. Now, these were all just minor precautions. And it didn't help the lady who had just entered the path. She just happened to be the one that got it grabbed. But at least she was aware. And she got herself in a better position to get out of there or get help. And the fact that she stayed where she could make phone calls, she had an earphone, uh, you know, the um, earbud, and she would be able to communicate with someone if something did happen immediately. I'm not saying the world's perfect, and I'm not saying there's anything we could do to really stop random acts of violence, but you've got to stay aware. This was such a horrific, sad thing to witness and it had gone on for years the trail 
messages. I see you. I see you still here. Went on for years. Were reported multiple times over and over. Citizens went out and did their due diligence trying to find the identity of this man. They tried to report it to several departments, but it was never followed through. That's not laziness. It's just until this day, he had never truly committed a crime and nobody had ever followed through until he did something wrong at that trail. He got lazy or he just got tired or he got whatever and he just made a mistake and he did something too close to home and it cost him his freedom but it saved the lives of many future victims. I know this may not be the scariest story you ever heard but I want to plant a few ideas in your mind. Be aware of your situation. Be aware of your surroundings. Always be cautious and take precautions when necessary. Think about your exit routes and think about how to get out of a situation whenever you go somewhere you're not comfortable with or not familiar with. And secondly, this is more of a community message that I want to people to think about when people are reporting over and over and over again about somebody with an unusual odd behavior that's escalating a little more and a little more and a little more and there's intimidation and harassment and they're escalating and it's getting worse and worse when it's reported by so many people it's affecting the community it's not freedom of thought, freedom of speech, you know, freedom of expression. He didn't do anything wrong. No, it starts to take on the form of disorderly conduct. It starts to take on the form of harassment, of stalking, and that is illegal. You're not allowed to hurt people by driving them literally insane, frighten them to the point where they're paralyzed to live their lives. That is illegal. And you're not allowed to control and manipulate people against their will. And writing things on the trail, following women, using objects to intimidate them, it's not okay. And it should have been taken seriously. And this is a community problem. The community, for different reasons, thought, ignore it, it'll go away. Or he didn't do anything wrong, he hasn't broken any rules. Well... Here's the thing, that all you're seeing on that path was the very tip of the iceberg. Ninety-something percent of that iceberg, ninety percent of the malfeasance and evil and death and destruction that this man wrought was unseen. He was only showing you this tiny, tiny, tiny tip above the water level. And if it would have been taken seriously, it might have saved lives. And it might have also 
brought an end to this harassment a lot sooner. And that's something we really need to think about. I hope this wasn't too creepy and I hope you enjoyed this scary story. And I hope you enjoyed it for the right reasons. Once law enforcement took action and followed through, the bad man went away. And the thing I want you to take away from this is, is do not be silenced. If there's a problem in your community, you stand up to it. When you've had enough, when it is too hard to ignore, you make a point of standing up to it and you put a stop to it because you have the same rights that person has. And it's not okay. It's not okay to intimidate your fellow citizens. And it's not okay to hurt them either. So do not ever take it. Stand up for yourself. I hope to talk to you all very soon. And we'll see you next week. Until then, have a happy Halloween season. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share this podcast with someone who might enjoy it, and to rate or review it on your podcast player of choice. Those small things only take a few minutes, and they really do help our podcast grow. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash We have also started uploading earlier podcast episodes to YouTube. Another one goes up every Thursday night at youtube.com slash ASMR Links to connect with us on social media and to take a look at our merchandise can be found in the show notes. The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tiradohueo at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels and his entire staff, thank you.